What's up, everybody? It is episode three, Talking Seaweed Sports Podcast. That was me squeaking in my chair. It's February 21st, 2018. And as usual, the edibles have been provided by Mass Cannabis Chefs. They have combined love and food and cannabis for an unforgettable dining experience. They throw dinners twice a month. They do an awesome job. Their food's delicious. Um, They have... Fully infused meals, um, so you can get ripped up like I am at this very moment. Or you can get uninfused lower dose options. Or I think uninfused and lower dose options. And I think they have CBD options as well. Um, They do them twice a month, like I said. Check them out. They're everywhere. Um, They're also available for private catering. So if you want to be the coolest kid at your wedding, you could get them to cater your wedding. Which is what I would have done if I wasn't married already. Hello, everyone. As always, this week's podcast is also sponsored by Weed Co. USA, specializing in organic, exotic flowers. They're a trusted brand all throughout the area. If you want to follow them on Instagram, it's at Weed Co. USA. Just came up with a new Instagram and going to be updating that stuff regularly. Awesome. This is Bobby. I'm here with Sam, as usual. <clears throat> We're already pre-ripped. I'm not talking into the microphone. I am now, though. All right. So let's start off with what happened. So last week, we ended the show with basically a five-minute-long fuck Scott Boris and J.D. Martinez. So it's only right that this week, we're talking about the signing of J.D. Martinez for a pretty fair number considering the market. It's amazing how we came around very quickly on that one. Last week it was F JD Martinez and you let's know. throw Scott Boris in the river. Yeah, we roll, rolled him up. But and now we're sitting here, and of course the day before we're all prepped to talk about you know various things this weekend. They they signed JD Martinez, and then the instant reaction between the two of us when we were talking is, man, this this is good. This is good value. So. It only took us a week, but we've now now we're JD Martinez supporters. Like, but, hey, welcome to the Red Sox. But I think that the part of it that makes it we also disclaimer at first. Sorry to interrupt you. Well, we did disclaimer. We were like, but if he does something good, he can. We're good. We we told everybody we're gonna go. True. Back. We so definitely back. played the middle on that. So to don't, be nice yeah, and don't safe. hold us but to that one. What what I was gonna say about the the fact that the signing is acceptable is because of the va- the money. And, I mean, even you just, when you first initially said it was five years, 110, and then I was like, oh, but there's a buyout after two. So this thing, no matter how you stomach it, is outstanding. Yeah. Either he's going to have two monster years with the Sox and th- leave, which, and okay, we'll, great. Or we'll, or we'll, we'll just pay him more money. Right. Because we'll earn it. Right. Or, or you know, you know the, the, the downside would be if he does kind of what Price is doing and – you know, not opt out and be terrible. That's a risk you're taking. But even that, it's front loaded. So those last three years, if even if he's trash, aren't going to kill you. You know, money wise, you could even probably cut him or whatever. And it's it's only going to maybe cost you ten, twelve million. It's not like it's thirty million. You know, I'm hoping to see because you said price. I'm hoping to see price kind of come back around. Where I feel like on a different team in a different city, he might have kind of been like, well, I'm garbage right now. I can just stay here and get paid and do that. I feel like being in Boston and the fact that we're all like the Patriots were just in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? The Celtics are on their way to possibly being in the finals this year. This year, the Bruins are second in points right now. So this is a winning city. And I wonder if that's kind of rubbing off on David Price. And maybe that's why he was trying to be on the forefront because he was trying to, he was actually talking to J.D. Martinez, wasn't he? Yeah, they were teammates in Detroit. So, so he, he, obviously was, he was used actually that talking club. to him and being like, yeah. hey, come to Boston, and I mean, especially after I'm, the year he had last year, maybe this guy wants to win. Yeah, I mean, Price has what? said some some things that don't sound great the last few days, actually, where, where he was saying that um, it's a tough place to play, and, you know... I think that's it, fair. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree, but why is he even talking at this point? It's put up or shut up time. Boston loves the guys. Who who, who do you like in Red Sox history? Trot Nixon. Trot Nixon Chris, is one of my favorite of Red Sox of all time. Of course he is. Trot Nixon, Chris Sale. These guys just shut the hell Josh up. Josh Beckett? And, yeah. Love they, Josh Beckett. Yeah, I mean, and then he wore out his welcome. He started flapping at the end. But the guys who just, you know, there's, there's guys that'll... You'll be like, run through that brick wall. And some guys will just go, all right, and run through the brick wall. And some like guys Dustin will Majora go, why, or whatever. You know, no one wants that second guy. You want 
you know, Trot Nixon would run through that wall. You know, David Price would stand there and go, well, why are we running through the wall? I'm going to, I can go around it, you know? So like, I mean, that's maybe he's working of- smarter, not harder in that situation. I mean, I feel like being a vocal leader is something that they've lacked because wasn't their leader last year, Dustin Pedroia? I and mean, he it- just basically, you know, uh, sat in the corner, didn't say a word. And he just kind of like adjusted his eyebrows to let everybody know the level of upsetness in the clubhouse. It. It became, Allegedly, it, it fell onto Dustin Pedroia because of seniority and everything, and you know he, I don't think he, he wanted takes a lot. It. Well, he's not really cut out to be like that. He's your prototypical. I'm going to go out there for 600 at bats, 162 games, put my head down, slide and dive everywhere, be a dirt dog, lead by example guy. He's not really a who a, you know ru, you know I mean, in the so, locker room a rah rah rah. So maybe David Price is trying to assume that role. Maybe David Price is trying to say, I went to the mm-hmm. bullpen last year. And I, I did what I could from the bullpen. And now, you know, no matter where I land this year, I'm going to try to take that veteran, you know, leader role because well, I want to win a World Series here in Boston. I can tell you this. David Any Pri- doubt here. D- <laughs> David Price is very important to this team. And I can tell strictly because you've now turned our J.D. Martinez conversation into David Price. You can't get enough of David Price because you know and people know that a lot of the success of this team hinges on him. It does. We were talking about it um, earlier. And if you if I was comparing some AL contender lineups today and you look at the pitching staffs, you know, the Yankees have a mix of like kind of guys on the fence and a couple young guys that aren't really proven that in, you know, the lineup obviously is scary, but we're comparing the pitching staffs. And I was saying that the Astros off the cuff have way better staff with Verlander, Keuchel, Cole, McCullers. And we went down the line with the Red Sox and you were quick to go right to price and say, and I'll tell you that you're right. Sale and Porcello is a decent one too, especially in the regular season. And if price is price price, that one, two, three is Insane. arguably better than the Astros, and that become elite. But and if then, he's and garbage, again, then they can't even compete. And again, I mean, especially with baseball, like, yeah, you, you need to do well during the regular season in order to make the playoffs. And because the Yankees are so good, one of us is going to have to take a wild card spot to get in. So we're going to both be ha- – we're going to have to win games to get in. But in the playoffs, with a, a one, two, three like that, that's it. Yeah, if he's legit, so that if he's legit, I, so I'm, we're, I'm, we're I'm being I'm being a little smug saying that all you talk about is David Price, but I do think it's deserved because out of the key points of the team that are going to hinge on success, he might be you know the main one that it needs to feel, go their way. I feel know? like I'm going to live and die with David Price this year. I think that's what's going to happen because I've been saying it for I think every time we've talked about him. I mm-hmm. think that if he has a big year, it's really good because I think as long as Sale does what he did last year, Pasella does what he did last year. We're all right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? A give or take a win or two. We're and, all right. But I mean, I think that Sale's going to have the even more run support than before. I think all of our pitchers will do better because we'll have more run support. I think that's going to be awesome. If J.D. Martinez comes here and does what he's supposed to do and actually you know, cranks a couple homers. and they, uh, I heard Carabas talking about uh, his slugging percentage is second to only Mike Trout. Yeah, I mean, he's the best hitter in the league in the last like four years on fastballs. The book on him is you can get him with off speed away and stuff, but he has some really. If you pick selective stats for a few different things, he has some really impressive, um, you know, cuts. Like where I think I saw that one. You said he's second to Trout in OPS or something, and then off fastballs in the last four years, he's the best in the whole league, and then. Um, with like runners in scoring position, you know, in the sixth inning or later, he was you know second best in the league. So there's a lot of if you cut where, it, and I wonder chop where Stanton was during in all those things. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really look into those maybe, deeply, maybe but we can. maybe there's like some sort of website out there that we could do that. Right. Well, I mean, I just think that he adds a presence to the lineup. I really think that the most important thing of the whole entire season, besides even Price, is Martinez getting off to a good start. Because if you hit 222 in April in Boston, you that extra pressure just mounts, and then yeah. your average is never getting up to 250. You're gonna look at that scoreboard every day, and you just sign the big money, and it says JD Martinez two 253. Everyone in the ballpark sees that that may not know as a common fan, and the pressure starts waiting on your back and waiting on your back. So Absolutely. If he gets out to a hot start, then the sky's the limit. I mean, if he's hitting, you know. 330 has one of those like you know standing ovation Fenway games like on the marathon day or some like epic moment early yeah. then that could be a special year um 
It will take something like that. That's what we need is that guy to come in and do something like David Ortiz used to do where it was like, you know, we could put it on his back. I don't even mind mm-hmm. if that guy's Hanley. Maybe people have to pitch now, you know, and, and give him more opportunity because we have Martinez allegedly coming right behind him because you said they were going to be at 3-4, they're saying? Yeah, I the consensus on Twitter and by all the, you know, the, the pundits um, is that they're going to go with Betts, Benintendi, Hanley batting third, which I'll get to in a second. JD fourth, Devers five, Bogart six, Bradley, Vasquez, and then Nunez will start the year at second because Pedroia is on the DL for at least the first month, okay. which we should get to the Nunez signing too because we're giving JD all this props, but Nunez is a sneaky good signing. Yeah, they Nunez provides protection for Devers or Pedroia, who, in my opinion, looking at this lineup, are the two biggest wild cards there. Everybody sweats Devers from last year, but if people look at his splits, he came out like gangbusters and was ice cold. He had some really impressive games, some impressive hits. There was a while where he was the only one hitting, but he also tailed off big time, which usually means that his book got around the league and you know scouts found out his holes and they make adjustments. And it's going to be really interesting to see if he can make those adjustments this year. Uh, yeah, if, if 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 he can, I think I think that we I feel like everybody thinks because of the stand the Mike Stanton uh, signing in New York. I'm just gonna stick with that too. Um, it, I think that that was like the big blockbuster move, and I feel like because of Aaron Judge, and now you have Stanton there, and they're gonna hit all these home runs, and the and the baseballs are corked, and you know. It, I feel like they might as well just give them steroids at this point because that's what they're looking for, you mm-hmm. know? And I, and I feel like we're, we're under the radar. And you said it last week, and I, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you now because we are the underdogs again. The whole world thinks that the Yankees are going to hit a billion home runs and, you know, Gary Sheffield's going to show up and it's going to be amazing and they're going to be able to think about it and now they have the nostalgic manager, you know? And they're, they're trying to bring that time period back, you know? So, I mean, I, I like that. I really do like that because I feel like we're gonna we're gonna win out of that position because our team isn't you know made up the same way it used to be. It it actually kind of is. It kind of is, but we also have bigger pieces than we used to have. I think. You you mentioned earlier that um, you were surprised JD Martinez was going to DH initially when you looked at it, and then I obviously said, "Look who's in our outfield," and you were like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I forgot. So, <laughs> we, have like, know, we have a bunch of like I, children. The, that the are funny disgusting. part of this lineup to me, and the part that I might have the biggest problem with, is how can he just anoint Hanley in the three spot? I I heard Hanley's comments. Hanley came out and said, "I my shoulder was really messed up last year. I still hit twenty five home runs." You know, if it's better, I, there's no doubt I'll hit 30, which is awesome to hear. I'd rather hear that Hanley than lazy Hanley. But they're just anointing him the three spot in the lineup at the starting first base spot, coming off a of shoulder surgery. To me, he's the he's what's going to be the hinge of this whole lineup from good to bad. Do you it, think Cora is just trying to show him, like, hey, I have faith in you. You know, let's let's I, I do think this. There man, could we're be here a to, good part to win, of it to that. We're here to win. And I, I think that goes back to what we said about why Cora is solid coaching because he'll do that kind of move to appease him mentally because he knows how important that is to him. But if Hanley produces like old Hanley, then it's a ridiculous lineup. I, my problem is is I'm concerned that Devers could come out and hit really low and be not quite ready yet. He's undoubtedly a major league talent. He's a freak. But I wouldn't be surprised if he either struggles. Yeah, if he, if he either struggles or gets moved down in the lineup. I don't see Devers batting fifth all year i i see him maybe struggling hitting for a low average some power you know but you have potential guys like bogarts who for times has been a three hitter so you have depth but the nunez signing that we mentioned briefly it is phenomenal because the two weaknesses in the lineup to me are the devers and pedroia spots pedroia because of age knee injury and all that nunez provides you great protection there he can play second base if he's out for an extended time if devers sucks like hopefully i'm wrong but if he does either get sent down for more seasoning, then you've got Nunez can go right to third base, and then you filled up you filled up that spot. And also it provides you protection if something happens to Bogarts, which is unlikely, you know, he'll probably get play every day. But he fills he can cover three spots and outfield if you need a spot. So that signing is phenomenal as long as he's better from that nasty injury that he had. And it's saying I mean how so here's my question. Did how how many games did he play? I'm trying to look at this right now. Hold on. Looking at his 
2017. Nunez? Yeah. Let me see. He played he played roughly 2017 he had he batted he was batting 313, 12 home runs, 58 RBIs. Yeah, and he missed quite a bit of time because if you remember when he time? went to the Red Sox, he missed like I don't know the last month or so. Yeah. And you know, um he was having a monster year for what was he on San Francisco before that? Um that who they get him from, but anyway, yeah, fuck you. I'm not uh What's his name? Peter Gammons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Peter Gammons isn't Peter Gammons, but that's a story for another day. He's uh, he's. It's time to hang him up. He's for Peter. finally become one with John Kerry, his yeah. twin brother. <laughs> so, but uh, I mean, to, what are you thinking for the Red Sox this season? For you know, I I was looking for the Vegas win totals, and they're not out yet. On they're not out on, yet. You no, know, uh, not on any sites that I look at. But I. It's probably going to be like ninety three and a half or ninety one and a half or something like that. It'll they be won ninety three last year, right? They have it, a new me, manager so that me. isn't Farrell, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. They had added Nunez and JD Martinez. Let's assume that there's. Let's assume everything's the same as last year plus those two. Are, are you easy over on that, or is it you think struggles to get over? Or I think there's a lot of games to win. Mm-hmm. I think the ninety. I think in the nineties means you're pretty pretty good fucking better team, teams you know what I mean? less games for sure yeah, yeah absolutely i mean i remember like wasn't the adrian gonzalez team supposed to be pretty stacked well, and they won like 11 games that team was trash yeah it is trash but yeah. you know but because it wasn't adrian supposed gonzalez. to be trash it was supposed to be well, good for the first two months it was it was lights out but so i'm just thinking are you are we saying you know i would World say over, I would say over. okay so right, you... I'm, I'm on the record right now yeah. with my reputation bet over right now. If it's ninety three, if we're putting it at ninety three and a half, right. then yeah, I think over. I'm gonna put you in for that uh, as soon as I see it. <laughs> I won't even ask you to confirm. I'll That's just fine. put it just in. Let's do yeah. it. Um, but I, you know, and I think that it'll be right around there. Probably is you know it, the the couple things that hinge are you know Hanley if Martinez comes in town, Devers, and then Price. The stuff we're beating to death, but. That's gonna hinge on it. But Did someone say David Price? I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees, you know, win like eighty nine games and struggle. This staff is put together with paper clips. Severino had that blow up in the playoffs last year. He looks unhittable most of the time, but that was an egregious blow up where like you may not recover from that. He did pitch after that okay. Sonny Gray is good but not great. I'm not scared of Sonny Gray in a Saturday day game at Yankee Stadium. Tanaka's arm's going to fall off just as much as Price. He's erratic. The Sox kill him. Sabathia is floating on borrowed time. I mean, how many years is he? He That man's throwing some pitches. They are really they're, – they're pulling for that – that that old Yankee. Well, I mean, way. Sabathia had the nuts year last year from the death. He stopped drinking. He came back and he was unbelievable. I well, bet. I he, bet against if him. He's real, CC. There were that's well, like anybody can't be trouble. that anymore. He throws like eighty five. He used to throw ninety eight. But I bet against. I bet against CC for like two months last summer every game and just got my shit handed to me. He went on the epic run in the middle. I couldn't even believe it. He was like 6-0 and with a 1.93 ERA for eight starts through July and August. And that's sneakily how the Yankees put together that season and made the run is that no one knows that. But the odds of him doing that again, fat and happy off of last year, he had that prove it year where I'm not done yet. I don't yeah. see him doing that again this year. So I mean, this rotation looks like trash. Chapman's armor has been chinked. He's as a closer, I think we have the best closer between the Sox, Yankees, and Astro with Kimbrell. It's Kimbrell, Chapman, and Ken Giles, who was the opener in the playoffs last year. Brutal. Yeah. Uh, he's probably shell shocked. So I mean, you look at this and the so- the reason I wrote this out with Sox, Yanks, and Astros lineup and rotation is the Sox are right there. Oh, absolutely. And I don't because I want them to be the underdogs. I, I like, don't. Know. Yeah, don't tell. Yeah, anybody. don't. I mean, don't. Friends, don't don't go around saying anything. But the Red Sox look legit. You know, uh, you got the a great defensive outfield. You've got an a bona fide ace. You've got a bona fide stud closer. You had all these things last year, but I think you have a new sense of hope, which you can't underrate. It's not the same old crap, you know. Yeah, these I think guys are I think the know. manager being different is gonna is gonna help yeah. too. I think Cora's gonna come here. He's fresh off of winning a World Series, and now he wants one for himself. I think that's mm-hmm. gonna be good. He's used to the Boston media. People loved him here. Well, hey, so we've 
spring training's around the corner. We're beating the Red Sox to death here. We're going to be pounding this I'm stuff fired all up year. For baseball this year. I man. know you are. And it today was the nice seventy degree day where it's right. like it felt like ba- it felt time. like baseball until it snows and it's twenty nine exactly. tomorrow. But yeah. <laughs> so you originally before this JD Martinez stuff broke, we were going to do a little mixed bag of you know assorted events from this past week and. One of them was the uh, UFC fight, and you had some good stuff on that one. So, so you- one of my favorite things about the UFC is the uh, Diaz brothers. And if you've ever listened to this show or seen anything else that Talking Seaweed does, they um, they they partake in the same stuff we do, and it's pretty obvious. Nick Diaz is suspended for five years for smoking weed. Yeah, that's insane. Because there's not one person on earth that's like weed's a performance enhancing drug for MMA. <laughs> It slows your reaction time. You don't want that. That's a bad idea. But after it, it's going to help your body. <clears throat> Regardless. So Nick Diaz, I'm sorry, Nate Diaz was at the, um, the UFC event that they had on, I think it was on Fox yeah, or whatever. Fox, Fox FS1 Sports, or FS1, whatever, yeah. whatever. And it was a free, and it was live on cable television. And they, they went to the, you know, the moment where they show you who's in the crowd. And they get to Nate Diaz, and he just pulls out a blunt like this, holds it up. Holds it up like this and goes, and just rips and just it, lights it up <laughs> on live t- on live free yeah, cable. Nice, and uh, he just lights it up live on uh, on television. So exactly like that. So is he going to get a five years? Sus- oh, is he going to get the five years suspension, or is he too valuable to the sport? They cut away from him before he lit it up. Uh, so like he had it and he went to go light it up and they were like shit. Because he's just going to light it because everybody knows the Diaz brothers do that shit. They slap regular people as well as their opponents in the ring. So they're just out there smoking weed. And the thing I wanted to talk about is, A, that's so awesome. Good for him. Because they're really, they're, they're really on the front end of the fight for athletes to be able to use CBDs and, and just smoke weed to help with their pain and stuff. And I think it's amazing that it takes somebody like Nate Diaz, who's basically puts his middle finger... Not even basically. He does put his middle finger up in the middle of a fight, and he says, fuck you, you're a pussy. And this guy is the one that we needed to lead the charge. You know? And I, and I feel like if you could use weed to help athletes, why wouldn't you do this? I think that, the, you know, we all talk about the concussions in football, and we talk about concussions in sports. Why aren't we talking about what their stomachs look like after just eating hands full of pills every day? For you know, sure. and I, I know that CBDs are helping people with pain. I know that just smoking like a straight indica will help people with pain. You know, and, and it, it helps people get through their their day. And when you do something as hard as getting elbowed in the face, you know, by a guy who's trained at elbowing people in the face, I mean, why wouldn't you let these guys smoke weed? And the fact that the commissions are like really on these guys for this shit is insane to me. And uh, yeah, that that's that's my. Not allowing athletes to use weed is so silly because you could literally tell them, hey, everybody, we're going to let you smoke weed, but you only can do it at the facility. They'll be watching video just all night long. You're the best team in the history of any sport if they could only smoke and watch, you know, game film. They'd be amazing. The stuff that they'll notice about themselves would be incredible. And that's that's just like a side effect of the fact that it will actually help their bodies. I mean, what, what do you what do you think? I, I'm a huge weed guy, so well I, I couldn't agree with as, you. As more. also a huge weed guy. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more as far as it like the NBA has made it not illegal for them because it's benefits the league. Seventy percent of those guys smoke and same yeah. thing with them is like you're on the road late nights, early mornings, you t- you go out on the balcony of the hotel, you take a rip, you go to sleep. It's it can help you, and the the fact that these other leagues don't decriminalize it, like look at the country right now. In a couple months here, it's going to be completely decriminalized, and it's like, why wouldn't these leagues? Why are these leagues holding these guys to a higher standard when they're individuals? In that you hit the nut on the head is it's not a performance enhancing. Like my podcast isn't any better after you just handed me this thing. You know what I'm saying? I it's, mean, podcast it might. I, mean, I think it's a well, podcast. I, okay. enhance. We are on podcast enhancing drugs. I think. I think that's a thing. But. You know what I'm saying? Like, Nate Diaz, like you said, elbowed in the face or, like, gets put in, like, an arm lock and his shoulder's broken in half. You, If you if you smoke and you're the right type of person, then that's going to help you and make it much better for you. There's some people out there who, like, psychosomatically can't do it. It just hits you differently. If you smoke, 
and it may make you dwell on the pain more or whatever. But if it's your cup of tea and you want to do it, then these these leagues are are stupid to to keep you away from doing it. Yeah, and I I mean, and then now you have these guys out there drinking, and that's how you get guys like Dante Stallworth. I know I'm not supposed to say that, but I mean that's how you get that stuff. You know what I mean? Is is you're getting that? Who who was that? Who am I thinking of? He was on the Pats last year. We got him at the end of the year because he got into a drunk driving accident. Um, Michael Floyd. Michael Floyd. Yeah. You know what I mean? Guys like that. And that's in every sport. You know what I mean? In every single sport, you have these guys that are getting... I mean, imagine if Rasheed Wallace wasn't getting arrested for smoking weed. Yeah. Imagine if he was on the Trailblazers now where he could just go to the store and buy weed. He would have a chain. Uh, he probably does have a chain of weed stores. You know what I mean? And I, I think that taking... I mean, they're doing coke. That's a whole different story. That's really right. bad. You can die. Or if you're, like, if, you're, I mean, if you're harvesting, you know, 200 pounds and selling it over by trucks and stuff. I mean, if then, you're then, using, then that's a good job to have in the offseason. Well, I, I wouldn't say that's a problem. You know what I'm saying. Like, Nate Newton from the Cowboys got, like, arrested in Texas with, like, two truckloads of it and, like... Of weed? Yeah, like... Good for like him. Like, 800 pounds and whatever. Good but, for him. Um... Th- you know what I'm saying, but like, if you have your personal stash and you spin up a joint and you're you're on the road in Utah that night, well, just for and- the record, if you have, I don't know what's the what's the veteran minimum for the NBA right now? Oh God, it's you'd be you'd what die. It, get don't hold me to this. This is a roughly, blind guess, roughly. but I think it's like three and a half or four and a half million. Okay, so if you make that much money to play basketball every year, your like personal stash is probably like. Three kilos. Well, okay, but we're getting <laughs> off the point. My point of it is, I agree with you as far as that it's if you, it's used in the right manner, then it shouldn't be viewed as that. Like if you, you know, if so, these, you're more of a medical end of it. No, not. I mean, yes and no. With what I'm you're saying, the applying the, the sports. Yes, exactly. Yes. Humans can do whatever the hell you want, but if you're held to a league, I understand they should have some. They should have some rule over you. Is like you know poorly put, but you get what I'm saying about. They should. They can restrict what you do. You're an employee of theirs. That's their yes. prerogative. As an yes, but they employee should be smart player, enough yes. to know that medicinal or weed for a purpose is not enhancing, except for it. And only it enhances your recovery and Let your livelihood. You do you like Ricky Davis? Like the ex-Celtic, like yeah. the guy who yeah. hot fire off the bench that would come in and either score yes. fifteen or or go over yeah. nine. Do you like him? In general, if you think of Ricky Davis, and I have some fond like, memories. Wasn't of he on Ricky. the Wolves as well? Yeah, I mean, he. And where else run. did he go? Oh, Indiana. But he would was, always go yeah. off. You know, let's just say Ricky Davis comes off your bench, scores, you know, twenty-seven points. Let's just say he smoked six blunts before the game. You give a shit? Oh no, not at all. Yeah, they smoke as much as they want. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> we, we, we we we're just disagreeing to disagree, but all right. Sometimes. So, so this this weekend we had some other fun things. Just to hit on some things real quick. You're you're a NASCAR boy. You're uh, Daytona. Big Daytona was there. I've been down to Daytona. That's a, a, it's something you have to see to believe how I've high that track been to Daytona. is. Daytona. Maybe we'll do a talking I, sports I went, podcast. I went there for spring break my freshman year to Daytona Beach, and we just went to the track when nothing was going on and stood. And the you wouldn't even fathom how high up the track is. It's insanity. I. I would love to see that. I'm not a you know the biggest NASCAR well, guy. We've but. been talking about taking a company talking seaweed trip up to New Hampshire. So I'd rather go to Daytona. All right, I'd rather go to Daytona. that stadium. Maybe. I've been there too. I've been there quite a All few right, times. All right, well let's do this. Well, they Daytona, got um, What's the weed laws in Florida? Can we look those up? Yeah, I don't think it's legal yet. If it's not good not great. weed laws, let's not go to They're Daytona. They have them. Um, they have a race in Vegas. Vegas, we can smoke as much weed as we want. I'm in. Yeah, I, know. I don't. I, yeah. I mean, Dude, the track, the track in Daytona fits like seats like a hundred and six thousand people or something like see, that. See, I was thinking that, and I was it's thinking like ridiculous. Talladega, but we can't go to Alabama. We'll get executed in Alabama. You, we would be, be murdered. You're, uh, we'd show up and they'd be like, "Fuck out of here, dude." You're referring to you because, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All the weed, all the weed that I smoke, um, allegedly. <laughs> All right, so um, what are your thoughts on Daytona 500? Are we just going to talk about the track, or what, what did you think of I the mean, race? I was thinking we should go. I'm sorry. Oh. So, okay, Austin Dillon won. Yep. Um, in the three car, which I know has the some number significance. Three, in the da- that's Dale Sr.'s number, and yep. they, they literally asked the, the Earnhardt family to have like their permission to take the three and to run it. Um, he ran that car for Richard Childress Racing. Richard Childress is Austin Dillon's grandfather. Uh-huh. He just won Daytona on the 20th anniversary of Dale Sr. 
winning Daytona in a Richard Childress number three race car. All right, so so it's like super like nostalgic NASCAR. Like I have to say, we were like stumbling in this NASCAR, and then you are the savant of NASCAR <laughs> yeah, out I of nowhere. NASCAR, I mean, whatever you just said, that sounded like you know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I, okay. So at first, okay, so it was a really good race. Um, there was a couple of really big wrecks, which is always fun when you're watching NASCAR. I read about the Bubba Wallace hitting the guy that was out yeah. of contention at the end. I should yeah. know his name. Um, but he, I don't know what, who was the guy? It was, he hit Clint, Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer. Yeah. Clint Boyer was so they, involved, but he was out of it. And then he hit Bubba Wallace. And the story with Bubba Wallace, obviously, is he's the first, uh, African American driver since like 1971. Oh, I don't think that had anything to do with why they, Oh no, I'm just saying was he just was Daytona. a big deal in the race. Cause that was like a, you know, a crazy thing that he, yeah, no, he's a first. good driver. So, yeah. you know, welcome so to NASCAR he was, nobody gives a shit. he was on the last lap of Daytona battling for the lead and i guess he hit the guy that was out of it and they t- talked a bunch of shit after the race or something nice like. dude it's gonna be a good season everybody's yeah. fired up dude daytona for some reason nascar was like all right let's do the super bowl at the beginning because um, daytona is the biggest race and and it's it's insane they run so many cars there and, and random people will be like i'm out of retirement for daytona like i'm pretty sure i, I didn't watch the whole race because i it didn't have that much time this weekend to yeah. watch that whole race but um I'm pretty sure Danica ran this weekend. No, 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 she didn't. She didn't. She did not run. I don't. I don't, actually. I don't know that. For she sure. may have. Aaron Rodgers was there. In the, I'm not I saw fucking. That. I'm not Richard Childress. Don't ask me. I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing if she did run, she's mm. running Daytona. She's running Dalladega. She'll run like Charlotte. She'll run like specific racetracks. That's what some people do, and then somebody else will, you know, up and coming. Yeah, she's been able and to Austin sponsor. Yeah. Also, like an up and coming guy. Like yeah. he's he's. You know, a, couple, I, a couple years. I've heard now. of Austin Dillon. Yeah, and I, he was crushing it when he was like seventeen, dude. This I'm, kid's um, racing forever. You know, I, I am stumbling with NASCAR because I know nothing, but I did. I know enough that I bet. I bet on Kyle Larson to win. <laughs> and you hear how much I know. I think he finished twentieth, so that was good. But yeah. he's been pretty good last year and stuff. I followed it down the stretch. So but. when when Austin Dillon won, it was a green white checker, and the green white checker means that there was a they didn't get to complete. You have to have the the green one lap. The white flag, you come. Everybody comes around. Green, uh, white flag. That means this is the last lap, and then you go, and then checkered flag race is over. So you need to have those two laps to finish it. So they do restarts if there's a, a crash. And at Daytona, you'll see the guys like when they come in, they'll hit the corners like this. But they're literally laying. No matter what lane you're in, you're laying on the gas. Mm. So they'll go three wide. They'll go four wide. Like it's ridiculous because the the track is so big. Yeah, and if you saw how high that was, you'd be like, ah. yeah. And they run that thing all the way up on the wall too. If I they stood at the top so of that track, I would they're crazy. They're going like I think they put restrictor plates on, so it's like two hundred five. They run the most, but when they're drifting, I think they go like two fifteen, two ten. I don't think I could stand at the top of the track. I would tip over like Humpty Dumpty and roll down to the bottom oh, yeah even it's places insane. even a short track like um uh new hampshire i think loudon yeah loudon yeah. is only i think a mile and a quarter mm. it's not very long and um and they fucking they, they have the embankments don't tell me to wrap up nascar i love nascar dude i have more to say hey. so eric Elmarola was in the lead in the 43 car and he came out and um, Austin Dillon. So there was two. There was two lanes going, and these guys were fucking moving. But if you're up front, you have to block both lanes. So Eric Almirola is dropping to the bottom, and then he's seen Austin Dillon coming. So obviously somebody in the headset said up, up top, up top, up top. So he jumped up top, and when he jumped up top, Austin Dillon got into his ass end. It was like fuck out of here and put him right out, dude. And and there was so many people that crashed in that race. He came in eleventh. Wow. He, he wrecked on the last lap and was like, I'm just going to kind of clunk around and come in 11th. So almost a top 10 finish just Yeah, getting, that means like 20-something cars were out. That's so, yeah, insane. And, and they asked they asked Austin Dillon. They were like, anything at the end? And he was like, he would have did the same thing to me. We're racing. Like, that's it. And oh, that's yeah. all I'll say about NASCAR. But I'm no, excited for the season. You're the NASCAR guy. That was outstanding. I'm fired up, dude. Let's watch some NASCAR. So that was one of the quick hits of this weekend. It was a big weekend. Sneaky big. Everyone's missing football. But we had the UFC, Daytona 500, and the other uh, debacle that was this weekend was the NBA All-Star Game. They... The game itself I liked, but the debacle was the the pre-show. And all right, all let's that. start. Let's start where they yeah. did right. at the pre-show. Oh, exactly. Oh. That was horrendous, dude. I was not a fan. I will say this though, I don't care what the NBA does, but don't tell me the game's on 
at 8.30 <laughs> if the game's not on until 9.15. Seriously. Mark it off. Make it green. Yeah. Everything else should have been blue on my guide. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to see the singing and dancing. I don't care. Oh, I don't man. give a shit, dude. I was doing other stuff. I kept thinking it was on, so I'm putting it on. Yeah. And my wife's like, when's the game coming on? I was like, I don't know. I, Who knows? A, it, they, they did the Kevin Hart skit where he does the... I want to be the NBA player, which is terrible. Rob Riggle comes out. He has zero pride left. Rob Riggle is, will do anything uh, at this point. And then they brought out the three artists. They Jamie Foxx and Ludacris did rap performances. Um, and then the kid that's like from Modern Family and like a couple comedies <laughs> comes out and sings some song. I don't even know what was happening. My phone was absolutely blowing up during that. It was like the, the hot point of Sunday because... Five different people are like, "Am I? Is this happening right now? I can't real? believe this yeah, is no. really happening." I just kept turning it off because I, um, I me, Nick kept texting me, and I was like, "What? What is going on here?" And uh, I, I kept looking back, like, "Oh, I'm not watching that. I'm watching Pop Star right now. I'm waiting for." This. <laughs> well, <laughs> you put it in its place. Yeah, Pop Star is legit. But yeah, Pop Star is. If you haven't seen Pop Star, it's. Either one of the funniest movies you'll ever see, or you don't get it. And I'm sorry for the recommendation. All right. Well, but if you get it, you're welcome. No doubt. But but yeah. So, so that was. Garbage. I mean, it, it was. I think it was 18 minutes long. And then at the worst part of it was at the end was Chris, Kevin Hart comes out to announce the players, and he's saying like the stupidest comments. Like um, Andre Drummond comes out like the huge center from the Pistons, and he's like. Standing there, and he's like, "This next guy, like, is a good rebounder and has a hairline." And I'm like, "Bro, and like, it was so terrible. Like, he was, <laughs> he was like dripping on these athletes. Like, Andre Drummond could pick him up, wipe his ass with Kevin Hart, and throw him into the trash can. Like, uh, what the hell is going on? I mean, there? I guess, I guess that's how they want. I mean, the NBA, first of all, is becoming. Let's let's do this. Let's jump into this. The NBA is so different than what it once was. Which is good and bad, because I think you get some good stuff out of it, and I think you get some good bad stuff out of it. But I want to go to what you said about the game. You said you thought this was a good all-star game, and I agree, but I only agree compared to, like, the current, like, players. So well, you, I feel like last year they literally said defense was illegal, and I think they bet the over. I think that's so what did happened. I. Yeah. It was lights out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, there was some there was some messed up stuff going on with this game because I don't know if you heard this, but the Vegas over under of the game started out at three sixty one, and I looked at it and it was like, wow, that's high. Like last year was like I don't know three ninety or something. It was almost four hundred, and so yeah, so. 361 I was like I like the under because I heard the murmurs that they were going to try a little bit harder this year and so I was like 350 is a shitload of points like what the hell so I monitored it and two days later I didn't pull the trigger it was 337 and a half it went down the most I've ever seen any line in anything go down and then because they probably heard they're going to play so at the game time I took the over a little bit at that low number, I think it was like 333 and a half when I got it. And it didn't even sniff that. It was like 50 points from 333. They was, didn't even get to 300 points. So just that alone shows how much they tightened up. Because Did they went from the 390 NBA to yelling? 290. Did you see the NBA yelling at them without actually yelling at them at the game? What, what do you mean? So this is my theory. I feel like they played no defense last year because apparently they wanted to just not play defense, which I think is garbage, and I'll get into that in a second. But did you see who was on the sidelines sitting together? Oh, like Kareem. Bill Russell. Bill Russell. And the NBA logo was yeah, there. Jerry West. And, and Jerry West, dude. And One it was, more guy, too. There was four of them. Was there? Yeah, it was Russell, Kareem. Dr. J was no, he was there. Some he was point. there for the dunk contest. Yeah, there was four guys, I think, because they said like the only one we're missing is Oscar Robertson. Oh my goodness! So that's insane. But those guys were there, and I feel like they were there to be like the old men that were like, "Let's go, kids! Like, let's get to this." That could be because I point. remember when I was younger watching the NBA All Star Game, I wanted to see these dudes d each other up. Mm. Why aren't you trying to say you can't score on me? Instead, they're just like, I'm going to throw it down there. Let's take threes. Mm. You know? And that's ridiculous, man. Like, I get it. Dude, I, I'm sure Shaq took a three 
in a in an NBA All Star. I remember, yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go for it, dude. It's mm. fun. It's not supposed to be a big yeah. Deal. Damian that was Lillard didn't shoot a shot inside of forty feet the other night <laughs> in that game that was more serious. But I mean, these guys are still going to do what they want to do. But oh it's, yeah, absolutely. It was a little fun. bit more fun, you know. Um, than last year because they did try. I knew five minutes in, they had the LeBron, Durant, Kyrie out, uh, lineup out there, and LeBron was Ding up. Durant was barking and complaining. I heard Durant complain about two non-foul calls, which Durant has become the, <laughs> the biggest not- whiner in the league. Um, but the fact that um, the game was 100 points le- uh, less scoring, so that, that just shows that for most of it, they deed up. The, the misnomer, though, is I, I heard a stat yesterday that James Harden, Steph Curry, and Kyle Lowry were a combined five for thirty-three from three-point range. That's horrendous. And so the over/under was like, th- I think it was like forty-five points under. Like if those guys went like fifteen for twenty-three from three, that game is totally different, and that <laughs> they could do that any time. Those three, Kyle Lowry was zero for nine from three-point range in the All-Star game, taking pull-up open chicken nugget bricks. It was unbelievable. Yeah, but they, I mean, I, I I like when they shoot it from far back. I like. I just wish that they would play some defense and prove to the league that they're the best player. There used to be a time. I feel like they're all banding together now. Yeah. So none of them wants to be the best. They all want to be equally as valuable. And then and at the end, LeBron's like, I'll swoop in while everyone's doing our plan well, and I'll steal the MVP. Like, yeah, yeah, evil exactly. LeBron. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron. LeBron, his character is like the character at the beginning of the movie then he he like double crosses someone Definitely. so that you immediately hate him for the rest of the movie. And he'll, he'll double cross the double cross in two seconds. But So yeah, we've skipped leaves, a couple things here. Lakers. We got to the game real quick, but before the game we'll go back in time here. So right before the game was one of the craziest things of all time was Fergie with her New Orleans jazz sass anthem. That's what, my what did you think of that? For the weekend, I have to go in my backup. All oh, right, cool. No, that's um. Yeah, no, she was my roll up in a row. Yeah, so fuck her. So let's just do it. No, now. we're good so. on that. That's we'll, we'll Bob will get to more on that later. But before that was the slam dunk and the three point contest and. The skills competition, which I don't even know. Did you see any of that? Uh, the skills competition is trash. I love the skills competition. I feel like they should make it way better, but it's... I agree. If, if that's what you're saying... Like, give them, like, a live defender or something like yeah, that. Okay. And, like, you, you pull a different... Like, like you know, like cowboys pulling out their bull. You get a different bull no matter what. You know what I mean? The like, idea that would, that of the skills sick. competition is great. The idea of the great. skills competition yeah. is great. I love it. And football is the only thing I watch associated with the Pro Bowl. <laughs> No doubt. Is the skills competition. I think that I love it in hockey. I missed it because nobody told me it was happening, but I still, I don't even watch hockey and I like it in hockey. Yeah, that's know? definitely the best uh, skills competition. I watch hockey. I'm not a hockey guy. Yeah, no, that's good. But they, so the, 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 the what did you think of this, the, you know, the three point and the slam dunk contest? The, the three point contest, I liked. I still like it. Um, the one problem I have with it is the rack of money balls. Like, why don't you just hit that many shots? Yeah, they always got to try to up the level and they make everything, up the you know, so 2000. They, yeah, yeah it's like, oh, I, I say I hate that. I hate when they try to, like, up the numbers artificially so they can be like, look, the last person that scored this many points was Oscar Robertson. It's like, yeah, dude, he did it in the fucking It adds 60s. a twinge of strategy, though. You got to yeah. know where your hot spot is and put the money balls. Like, I think Booker, that one, had the money balls at the end. At the end, Because yeah, he, he had the highest percentage there, and they joked about it on the broadcast of, yeah. you know, do you think Booker actually looked at his analytics? Um, Probably. You know, so I would think, like... Some guys hired to do that, right? I would, yeah. But I, would. I, I have to throw myself a bone here. I did hand pick Booker to win. I think he was like plus six fifty. So I did. Uh, I was out to dinner on Saturday night and and was like, oh, I why am I up? I don't even know why I'm up. And I actually DVR'd the three point contest and watched it later to relive what I would have been thinking when I would have been rooting for the bet. But um, yeah, that was a nice one. And uh, the slam dunk contest it was pretty good. It. It was, but it's. I, I'll get to that in my roll them up in a rug too. Oh, okay, but cool. it, it it's the slam dunk contest we can talk about in general. Can we talk Vince Carter? Yes. Okay, cool. It, and the slam dunk contest was entertaining. It was. It's. It's better than it had been the last few years. Zach Levine was good and stuff, but the the thing about it is that's ridiculous. Is it's. It feels like someone's stealing money from you. They they. <laughs> They offer bets on the that you can bet your money on the slam dunk contest, and then they roll out the judges, and it's DJ Khaled, Lisa Leslie, Doctor J, who's like, what's he gonna give somebody? 
You I know, mean, Dr. I, J, I don't mind him being there because he, he could be like, dude, we were more creative than that. No doubt. He, you know, he, he has the expectation. But Lisa like, Leslie, I'm not even mad at because she was the second best basketball well, player Well, and she's the, the known girl that's done the most dunking, I think, in, yeah, the, in the thing. Khaled, I didn't understand. Even though I love yeah. Khaled's inspirational talks that yeah. are hilarious. But, but, um, Mark Wahlberg? Yeah, I mean, what? I don't get it. And, and who, what authority is he? Yeah has, yeah, has Mark Wahlberg ever made a layup before? I mean... Yeah, so he, that, he plays basketball in all types of video shoots, dude. Dennis Smith Jr. got screwed in the first round. They just hadn't seen any dunks yet and arbitrarily gave him a 39. I saw the best tweet by Dennis Smith. One of the other guys, whoever the guy that didn't make the dunk was, I should probably know that. Um, one guy got a 31 and he missed the dunk, did not complete the dunk. Yeah. And Dennis Smith got a 39 for like a ridiculous double pump. At, at, he's a small guy. You know, and he does this ridiculous double pump, and the judges hadn't seen much yet, and they were trying to be decisive. They give him a 39 and totally screw him over. He got a 50 on the second round, had probably four more 50s in him, and they kick him out after the first round because they just gave his thirty uh, his first dunk a 39. It was so rigged. Yeah, that that wasn't really good. I I, I felt like they, I don't know. I, I... You got to have real judges, man. You can't get Kenny Smith and and Shaq. And Charles Barkley and Dr. J and fucking, I don't care. Yes, I mean, I hate Kenny Smith. David more. Stern? I, I don't hate, care who the fifth guy is. I like, hate Kenny Smith more than anyone on earth. I love and, Kenny Smith. And I think that Went he... Went to North Carolina. Yeah, team. Oh, gross. Yeah, and, I think they're winning. But I think Kenny Smith is... That shows our point. Is I hate Kenny Smith, and I, he would be a hundred times better as he'd a be judge awesome. than DJ Khaled or Mark Wahlberg. Great, you know what I mean? Yeah, like right. Charles Barkley, even if you hate him, yeah. he'd be so fantastic. it sucks to have your money on something that turns into like a celebrity fashion contest. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, but, I mean, I the double tap was pretty good. I thought Nance did, or I thought Nance could have won. You know what I mean? I feel mm. like he just. He hit the nostalgia strings with Larry Nance shirt. Yeah, I that mean, was I wasn't, cool. He didn't really get me with that one, but me, he, I, he he did me. I, he we got went me over at that. I'm the big softy with the off the glass tap. The double the tap was nice. Like, I like that. That I feel like that was like somewhat original comparatively. He's but a I, beast, Larry Nance. <clears throat> yeah, I just want to say I hate it. I was watching it like fuck you. You're with LeBron now, Jesus. You know what I mean? But um, Vince Carter still wins the dunk contest, right? I, I agree. Because yes. I was watching it, and I was, like, showing my son real dunks at the same time. I was like, hey, buddy, look at these. This is Vince Carter. He went to North Carolina. You can go there one oh, day soon. So gross, North Carolina. <laughs> but the one, the I mean, him hanging his elbow on the rim that year with, the, like, the three dunks. That, I mean, that, that was the best shit ever, yeah. Yeah, and then, then um, who was it that jumped over Kevin Hart? I was a bent, Oled, o- a um, bent over. Yeah, Kevin it was Hart. Um, the kid who won, Donovan Mitchell or whatever. That's who jumped over. Okay, yeah. that was garbage. Yeah, because I showed literally. I felt like I was watching the dunk contest. A trash and, can and was would have been taller than them. They knelt down. It was like Kevin Hart, who's like five four. Yeah, and he was, he was squatting with down. children. So he basically just did a dunk with people <laughs> for some reason. I, I don't know. But do you remember Nate Robinson when he oh, jumped over God. Dwight Howard? Crypto Nate. He was in the uh, the celebrity game the night before. I saw. Why some wasn't of that he too. judging the dunk contest? What the Fuck hey, was did Mark you, Wahlberg doing that? One nonsensical point that only is good because we're homers is Jalen Brown. Did you see him? He had 36 points in the senior, the Dude, sophomores versus freshman I, world I game. I really or like Jalen Brown. Yeah. I think everybody's super high on Jason Tatum, and they're like, we could trade him, and we could package a pick, and we can get Anthony Davis. Like, nah, man, we're good. At some point, I'll... Anthony I'll, Davis will come here. At some point, I'll to. cop to this on this podcast, but I was... I'm... Jalen Brown's about as wrong as I've ever been on a Boston sports take. I was champ championing how terrible that pick was. I watched really? a lot of college hoops. I wish you called me I, then. Yeah, I was telling all my friends, and, and none of them like keep a scoreboard, but I, they would probably remember that I was I hated Jalen Brown. I my motto on college guys is in order to be someone I want in the pros is you have to you have to show the ability to win or lead a team in college and, or be like just a gamer, like a like Markel Fultz had, not that it's decided yet, no, but he, he looks like shit. But he couldn't get Washington to win five conference games in the Pac-12. If you're that good, you should do that. That's why I didn't really like Ben Simmons, who obviously is wrong now to an extent, because I just don't think he cared at LSU. But The difference was Jalen Brown. This is actually the reason I was excited about the pick, because they were talking about it at the draft, because I watched the draft. And he goes, uh, I just like when kids' lives change like that. You know what I mean? It's just amazing. You're like, wow, you were whatever you were yesterday. Today, you're a millionaire. You know? And uh, I think that's dope. And uh, they were talking about how he was the captain of the chess team. I was like, oh, shit. This kid's smart. 
Yeah, like, he really, ha- really smart. He held a tech conference in where the All Star Game was in L.A. for like sixty up and coming entrepreneurs and like tech guys and stuff. He's, very He's a smart. beast. They, yeah, everybody's like, you can't shoot. Blah blah blah. That's what I liked about him, but I didn't I like that like, he couldn't shoot. I watched him. I didn't I, care. He's smart enough to learn how to shoot. I took you over in so many Cal games, and he would be like shooting an elbow jumper off like the top square of the backboard and missing. And I would be like, the Celtics really. I would literally complain about him not knowing anything, just being like, this kid Brown on Cal that's supposed to be good sucks. Complained <laughs> about him all year. And then they. I was like, as long as the Celtics take anyone but Brown, I'm good. And then they took Brown, and I was like, Caw, this sucks. So I and have. I couldn't um, be more wrong. He's outstanding. Listen to me being a sports guy. So I have, I have a a voice that was in and around the organization, and he told me that Jalen Brown was one hundred percent the guy that they should take, and he said that he's personally seen other ones like Dragon Bender and the other guy. Who was the other guy? What he was looking at. Was it Simmons? No, not Simmons. Who was it? For that pick. For that pick, yeah. It was like three or four guys. Mm-hmm. And he had said he had seen the other guys. I just remember Dragon Bender yeah. because his name is Dragon yeah. fucking Bender. Yeah. Um, and and they, he was like, no, Jalen Brown's the guy. I really hope they take him. And I was like, huh. I always liked Jalen Brown Like when I heard him I, speak. I wanted the kid Murray from Kentucky, um, the shooter. You know, class. Jamal Murray. Um, I wanted him, which, you know. Has turned out to be, you know, he hasn't been great either. But, um, so I don't know. But the Jalen Brown has turned. So we out like. Good pick. So basically, Jalen Brown's a good pick, and I'm very happy yeah. for that. Yeah. I wish we had this show then, because I would have been David pricing the shit out of Jalen Brown the we'll, whole time. We'll we'll, uh, we'll finish up with a couple thoughts in our next segment on uh, the All Star Game and tie it all together. But um, I do. I, I've heard some feedback about the podcast from a few people, and one of the bones that. You know, a couple people have got back to me on about the podcast is no love for the Bruins, and they're they're the forgotten child of the Boston sports scene. And, and I, I got to give them a couple minutes here because they are legit. So okay, so I actually have a couple questions then because being not a hockey guy and being like a casual watcher because I'm busy watching college basketball or or NBA basketball or football or baseball those I like those more. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, there's no shame in that. So they're second in points. Now I've been watching them throughout the year and I've noticed because I remember last year everybody talking about how they were young, how we had an interim coach. And, you know, he was going to be the new coach. And, you know, there's some young guys we have. And I remember, um, what was his name? The um, McElroy? Is that, is that his name? Charlie McAvoy. Jack yeah. McAvoy. Thank you. So, um, yeah, if you don't want to hear me butcher everything, just skip, skip over hockey. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, so I, McAvoy, I, I, I heard McAvoy was good. Yeah. I, I heard that they were going to be young and they had a new coach. And anytime you have young and a new coach, I'm interested. Hope. You know, and it has you a little bit of hope. So I've been watching them this year and seeing them just kind of staying ahead, staying ahead the whole time. And they're second in points now, which is insane because I'm pretty sure everybody wrote this off as a rebuilding year. Yeah, they, um, they're they one point behind the Lightning. Last night's game was unbelievable. They played the last two nights prior to this on Tuesday and Wednesday on a West Coast trip. They were out in Calgary, and then they played Edmonton. They had the weird President's Day game for some reason up in Calgary at 4 p.m. They played Edmonton last night, and it was 2 nothing Edmonton. And the Bruins, just like they have all year long, scored three goals unanswered in the third period to win 3-2. to two. You, like, turn the channel, and this team, you're like, oh, they don't have it tonight. Like, it's a West Coast game. They've mailed it in. Boom, they, they win the game. This team has balls the size of walls, and it's ridiculous. Um, I you like know, that. And I looked at some possible things. If the if the playoffs ended today, the Bruins, the, the weird, I'm not even going to try to explain the playoff so seeding to if you. The playoffs started if the right playoffs now. started today, the Bruins would be the two seed in the Eastern Conference. Okay. The, the fact that the one team in the league that's better than them is in their division really kills them because they don't get the division championship status. Tampa Bay is ahead of them. And they're the only team that's better than them. So right now, the the Bruins would open up as the two seed in the East with against Toronto, which puts us and, completely opposite on the bracket from them. Right. Okay. But, but uh, t- Toronto is a really tough team. They're like the next team in the standings after the Bruins. And 
they're getting better and hotter as the season goes. So that's like couldn't be a worse first round matchup. So the key for the Bruins would be to try to pass the Lightning because if you get that high seed, then you end up playing one of the scrub teams that gave everything they got getting into the eight seed, and you're going to play you know a much better um, matchup for you. That it's you know you're going to be looking at you know the Flyers or the Devils or you know the Panthers or somebody like that, which is way better for you. So the, the, they've have a little season within their season in the last um If they played the Flyers, that would be an interesting series. It would be good for, you know, the game of hockey. They've had it some would good be. series, is, but it wouldn't and they that believe me, that's way better than playing Toronto. Toronto is a bit of a wagon, but some of the the points about the Bruins which are unbelievable is I was looking at the NHL stats and the NHL leaders and points and the Bruins are the second best team in the league, arguably the best team in a lot of power rankings. And their top scorer is 25th in the league in points, Brad Marchand. And I, the fact that this, there's no bona fide star, you know, Bergeron they're saying is a possible MB, MV, MVP candidate. Marchand is obviously that was a, on my a list. top that's player. One my, that's one of my questions we have. We'll hit that in a second. Yeah. So, so but the fact that it's it's basically what I'm trying to say is it's a team effort across the board. You know, you have Marchand, Bergeron's averaging a point per game. Pasternak is a budding star where in a couple of years he could be a primetime player, but he's averaging close to a point a game. And then you're getting ridiculous years out of like Danton Heinen, who is a no-name rookie guy. He has almost 40 points. He's playing unbelievable. Um, you know, and the, the point of it is you don't have a drop-off between – you know, once you get to Heinen all the way down through the whole lineup between Bacchus, Spooner, Krejci, you know, Riley Nash, all these guys are solid veteran players. So every wave the Bruins throw at you is a continuous effort and grit, and it's it's a really balanced team out of almost nowhere. So now, doesn't that put us at kind of an advantage? Because, I mean, we were just talking about the playoffs, and we were talking about how <clears throat> we're coming up against a team like Toronto, possibly, and... Um, we're also dealing with another team like Tampa Bay that's going to be on our way to the Stanley Cup, right? So that's, mm-hmm. that's going to be – we're going to have to play at least one of them to get to a Stanley Cup most likely. For sure. Okay. So wouldn't it be – aren't we the team they're looking at now? Because we're the wild card team. They don't know. We're young. We weren't even supposed to be this good. Tampa is close to that though too. It's not like Tampa's an old guard team. Tampa's – a pretty young and up and coming team too. So younger or no, not quite like around this. Like literally, because we have a new coach this year. Well, I mean, the, I know he took over true. halfway it, through last year, if but like if you're factoring the total, yeah, I'm a, of the team yeah, I'm a being big, the coach. A, yeah, yeah, I look at I it agree like that. With you. They're more upstart, but the the Lightning have a few guys, young studs. They have Stamkos, an older guy, but they have the same core of the team that they've had for a couple deep runs. But they have a couple like Kucherov, and these guys are. Um, this guy like that N- sounds like somebody that's really off. good at hockey. Yeah. Um, they are really good in depth, but I agree with what you're saying. The Bruins are not scared of anyone. They'll come back from you, you know, on the fourth game in five nights at your place. Yeah, that, you know, and it's balls, and it must be something to do with. And this they cast fight a lot too, don't they? Well, I mean, uh, no one fights current, anymore. Current yeah, I mean, they'll throw down if they need to. Yeah, um, hockey. If you want me back. But the uh, <laughs> if you want me back, right? start fighting again. Well, they do it, see the Olympic hockey wouldn't be your cup of tea because. Uh, they that ice is like way wider and there's no hitting at all in that in uh in the nhl at least there's still some pretty good hits like there's a lot there's not as much street fighting but there's a lot of good hits on the shorter ice but yeah i miss the fights i like the the, fights in the the key to the bruins this year has been rask and hudobin hudobin's their backup but hudobin for stretches has played better than rask and Rask has been kind of maligned in Boston. If you just looked at his stats in 20 years, he's like an all-time goaltender. You know, he's led the league in stats and, and you know, been up there for the the uh, Vezina Trophy multiple times. But for him, this year, he's he's faced adversity. He's come back. He went on a, spe- a spell in the middle where Hudobin started like 9 out of 10 games and Rask was out, and it looked like, you know, sports radio was saying, is he going to lose his job, that kind of thing. He answered that by like not losing in regulation for 18 straight games while the Bruins won on a ridiculous run. See, so awesome. Rask is stepping up to like that potential where he could do a Tim Thomas so where, in the where playoffs. They, yeah, where they've paid him to be. Exactly. Like he's had some regular seasons that have been as better than Tim Thomas when he's got to the playoffs and not been terrible, but he hasn't been that guy that carries them. So, and at this point, he looks like he might be that guy that carries them. 
So, so that's exciting as a Bruins fan to see that. Speaking you know. of carrying a team, I'm glad you said that because we we got to switch it up in a second. But I do have a question. Patrice Bergeron, is he the MVP of the league? Well, if you ask uh, Sam the homer, he is, of course. Uh, he's starting to get some buzz around the league. I don't think you can deny it. He's averaging a point a game, which for him is above his average. He's normally, you know, a point eight per game player, which isn't, you know, elite elite like, you know, Sidney Crosby, McAvoy are averaging well over a point. So offensive, he's known as the best defensive forward. That's not even a debate. But the thing that set him apart this year is he's sniping. He's on pace for 40 goals. Normally he's, you know, has, he's had 30 a couple times in big years. 40-something goals is elite, elite goal scoring. So he's sniping big goals, still playing the penalty kill and being the all-around guy that he was. So if you ask me, it's not even close. He's the number one reason. The Bruins um, missed him for a fir- first few games of the year, and they looked iffy. The streak that straightened them out coincided with his return. With his return, okay. It, you know, so. so this is this is our new segment. It's called Listen to Bobby, Learn About Hockey. We'll go with that. So, all right. Last thing we got here is uh, roll up, roll them up in a rug and throw them in a river. We have uh, we're working on a sound effect for that. You're gonna love it. Everyone's but, uh, favorite segment. So roll we, them up. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? <clears throat> well, we already kind of spilled the beans on both of our uh, our our rugs. But which yeah, one was yours? Well, I'm gonna I'm this week, and this is a little bit blasphemous. Uh, if you're watching the podcast, a couple people have have mentioned that I might be a relation, but. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll DJ Khaled up in a rug and I'm going to chuck him into the river. And oh here goodness. is why. Don't jump as a music guy, don't jump at me. I'm not saying DJ Khaled isn't a good producer of music or whatever, but I may or may not you have played yourself. Act, I may or may not have acted on the the slam dunk contest. You know, I took I picked a guy I liked, I bet on him. So they trot out the, the judges and it's DJ Khaled. So now I've put my hard-earned money that I I work for, and DJ Khaled is deciding where my money's going. <laughs> and he I was am the toughest. Sorry, and he was the toughest judge yeah. by far. Oh my too. god, he didn't even know <clears throat> he what was, was happening. Like he could yeah. dunk too. But I know. I saw it. What's his claim? To, you, you know the business. All right, than so me. DJ Khaled. What, uh, no, what he, is he? Yo, we we still here? Whatever his saying was, or whatever. Was, we, he is definitely still here, and I think all I do is win, 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 no matter can I, what. Can I actually do this? Can John? Can you jump in real quick and just explain to him like the re-rise of DJ Khaled? The re-rise. Um, we need a couple minutes of Khaled from you, John. Please. The re-rise by the, John. Explain to me what DJ Khaled does, and maybe I'll t- maybe I'll th- rescue him out of the river. Um. Well. I mean, we know what he does as a music producer, but hold on, let me fix my mic. But he reinvented himself as a as the king of Snapchat. Basically, he he one time he got lost on his jet ski out at sea in Miami, and it started getting dark, so he got lost, and he was his phone was dying, so he was just Snapchatting like, "Yo, send help, y'all, yo, tell him I'm over here," blah blah blah, and it was fucking hilarious. So the next day, Complex put out an article like. DJ Khaled gets lost on his jet ski. But at now, night. wasn't he actually getting like nervous? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was, literally he was lost sending his SOS via yeah. Snapchat. Via Snapchat, like please Social don't media save is me. a beautiful so, thing, isn't it? So Complex wrote a big article on it. Immediately, everyone started following him, and then he just started showing off his daily life. He, he'd wake up and he'd take his elevator downstairs, and he would ask his chef what's for breakfast, and fucking, it was the funniest thing. And then I started seeing on his Snapchat, he's motivating eight ten-year-old girls to people like me. And I'm like, what he's doing is dope. And it kind of, he just reinvented himself entirely through that. And now so next thing you know, well, so he's on, he's bathing himself with Dove soap. Next week, he got We The Best Soap. Cocoa butter, next week, he got We The Best Cocoa Butter Lotion. Everything was sponsored within fucking a week. So he's like a marketing savant genius. He is. Yeah. He is. He is, he is a celebrity influencer if at that, this point. Your explanation just explained something to me that was totally shocking in the, the other night is they announced him on the thing when they like, you know, they're like, hey, Mark Wahlberg, the star of like Daddy's Home 2, come well, on out. So they, for DJ Khaled, they said a music producer and the proclaim the self-proclaimed king of snapchat and i <laughs> i looked around and i was like what the, well, what is he talking about so you for one second let me just give you some numbers this dude on a bad day was getting two million views per snapchat and on a good day getting six million so more people watch a snapchat than your favorite show by a long shot yeah so 
That's crazy. Yeah, his yeah. All right, so I was I was more upset. I mean, but he was the toughest. See, I get why let, you're let saying. Let me ask you this because he he listen. He had action on this thing, and DJ Khaled was acting like he could do this. That's stuff. his character, though. And he was like mm, eight, and I would imagine watching that, being like, "You motherfucker!" Like throwing stuff at him. He, I was more mad that Mark Wahlberg was there, but he does play. He does play to the crowd. They asked him. They went around and asked them. Excruciatingly awkward interviews about why they're there and stuff. And they said, "What are you excited for, Khalid?" And he gave like a twenty-second motivational speech that I started nodding. He was like, "I just am happy that these people are here and they're having fun and we in a fun place and everything's good." And he did the weirdest dance I've ever seen. So it's not that I hate DJ Khalid; it's that DJ Khalid's responsible for my bet. And what the fuck does he hey, know hey, about dunking? Fuck you, he's not a fucking dunk expert. But why was he judging? <laughs> exactly. Why was he judging the dunk contest? Just like, so give me my money on, back. So he could come on our segment and do that later. It needs to. Right? It needs so. to say on the website. DJ Khaled will be deciding this. <laughs> risk it. Bet at your own risk. <laughs> right? If it said celebrity, that, it should say yeah. celebrity. Actually, I think yeah. that's right. Celebrity it judges. Say celebrity exactly. judges. So you know that. Yeah. Like, so it's Teen Mom Seven's not deciding <laughs> yeah, next year's exactly. Slam exactly. Dunk Contest. That's a good one, man. All right. I get it. What do you got? This week, Bob. Who are you? Uh, who are we chucking in the river for you? All right, really a quick interruption. Uh, seven minutes, forty-three seconds left in the second half. North Carolina is winning, forty-one to thirty-two. Nice. <laughs> You're acting like beating a low, down Syracuse team low, is something lowest, to be proud of. Lowest scoring game of all time. No, they need to just keep winning going into the tournament. Well, but, I mean, so in, this week's so this waste. week's uh, roll them up in a rug in throw them in the river for me is Fergie. I don't know if anybody caught a glimpse Thanks. of the national anthem horrendous that was literally the worst national anthem since um who was the olympic runner carl, carl lewis carl lewis that was the whitney, first worst whitney one. houston butchered one one time too yeah post crack no on crack oh okay yeah. <laughs> mid crack, crack mid yeah. crack so yeah fergie fuck you don't jazz up the national anthem she sang just, the I think sultry sing sexy it. new orleans jazz uh, version uh, of uh, like, the anthem she was literally touching herself to the national yeah, anthem and I, i'm biased just to fergie to because it. i think she's a smoke but yeah. that was horrific and you could see the players like rolling their eyes one out of five <laughs> fire emoji <laughs> <laughs> i love this we've gone off the rails i yeah. love it dude fuck fergie i agree that yes. it was trash it, it, yeah, to it dishonor bad. the america you know, it, hey, if anyone knelt down during that, I would let them because yeah. they, they deserve to. <laughs> if they should have left the arena. Dude, I don't know what everybody's stances are, but Colin Kaepernick did less to the anthem than Fergie that, did. You that, should be outraged I mean, right I, now. Yeah, I'm Horrendous. not a huge fan of that. but Thanks, for everybody, for listening. Please subscribe and download all that good stuff so we can keep doing this for you guys. Download. Keep getting uh, Weed Co. to give us trees and getting Mass Cannabis Chefs to give us stuff. Thank you, everybody. 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 Thank you, everybody.